Hello, and welcome to Character in Action, the official podcast for the Seven Degrees of Change Foundation. My name is Matthew J. Norcross, and I'll be your host as we have the privilege of talking with decision makers from our community and beyond who are living examples of the character traits of the Seven Degrees of Change, which are empathy, respect, responsibility, fairness, trustworthiness, caring, and citizenship. These guests are willing to come to explain how they live and show others by example to be a phoenix. These character traits serve as a basis of a book series I authored called The Phoenix, as well as a correlating character education curriculum developed in association with High Point University. Today's guest is Paul Norcross. Born in the San Francisco Bay Area, he moved to Southeast Asia at age 9. Returning to complete high school, and receiving his Bachelor of Science degree in Finance from the University of San Francisco. Upon graduation, he moved to High Point, North Carolina, where he met his wife of three and a half decades, working for his family business. After a stint back in the Bay Area, they returned to North Carolina with their infant son, yours truly. He left the family business where they founded a successful global supply management company. In addition to his entrepreneurial business experience, he's a licensed real estate broker with experience in development, finance, lean management, safety systems, software development, and government relations. In addition to co-founding Phoenix Academy, a public charter school located in High Point, the Phoenix Academy Foundation, and the Seven Degrees of Change Foundation, he has served on numerous private and public boards. Currently, a founding vice chair of two charter schools, opening in 2024. Paul joins us now from North Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. All right, Dad, thank you for being on Character in Action. How do you define character? Well, character is ultimately the act of selflessness that permeates the entirety of your thoughts, words, and deeds from the smallest act to the largest. A daily effort to know what is right and and act accordingly, which, you know, at its core means considering how your words and actions impact others over and above your own needs and desires, which frankly is not human nature, but it, it takes thought and effort. All right. So please tell me a story of witnessing either in person or in history, someone who was a true phoenix, a role model leading by example and making the world a better place? Well, literally from birth, there has been someone that has been a living, breathing role model of virtue, strength, and leading by example. My mother, your grandmother, Joan Norcross. She raised six children when dad was on the road five days a week, then later for months at a time to Hawaii and Asia, volunteering and chairing community groups, never once putting herself first. When we moved to Asia, it was very hard on her, yet she forged ahead, never missing a beat. Then losing her sight, a daughter, a spouse, and countless others, she gets up every morning, puts her makeup on, combs her hair, and is ready for another day. She's as tough as nails, and, and uh, we can only aspire to be uh, a, a fraction of the, the phoenix that she is. All right, so... Please share a moment that stands out in your mind, something big or even 
the slightest gesture of a transformative Phoenix moment, one where you know you had a significant impact on an individual's life or on a group of people? Well, you know, small innocuous moments can end up being transformative memories. Uh, for two years, I attended Lourdes School in Mandaluyong in the Philippines. I was the only Caucasian and American, often referred to as the Putingungui, which means white monkey. Uh, people literally were afraid to be friends with me because I was different. And if they were friends with me, they would also be picked on. So that, this taught me grit and perseverance. So a few years back, I was touring the school with one of my former teachers who was long retired. A young teacher, a younger teacher, ran up to me and shared that we were students at the same time, and he wanted to share a story. We were sitting adjacent to one another on the school bus. I was sneezing and coughing and asked if I could borrow his clean handkerchief. He was several years younger, so he gave it to me, never expecting to see it again. The following Monday, wow. uh, I, the following Monday, he sought me out and 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 Pardon me. The following Monday, I sought him out in his classroom, handed it back to him, cleaned and pressed, and uh, told him I appreciated him loving using it. Uh, he, he was emotional when he told me the story again. He said it, it, you know, it meant so much to him. It blew him away that I, I was older and, and I, I gave him my word. I told him I would do something and I did it and I gave it back. And, and he said it made a, a real impression on him. And of course, it's something that I, I never, I would never remember that. Wow. I never knew about that story, to be honest. Let's talk about respect. You have attended school, lived, worked, and traveled around the world. Different cultures looked at, respect valued in different ways. How have you navigated these waters over the years? Well, at the end of the day, regardless of one's race, gender, religion, or country of origin, Every person values common courtesy. Whenever people would travel with me and ask how to handle dealing with the locals, as it were, my standard bit of advice has always been, look at people with your head slightly dropped, in the eye, speak in a soft tone, say please, say thank you, and most importantly, listen to what they have to say. You don't have to look like, sound like, or think like someone to respect them. It is critical to the human existence that you do so. Now, as one of my favorite people, G.K. Chesterton said, when people begin to ignore human dignity, it will not be long before they begin to ignore human rights. So wow. basic respect for others gives you, uh, it's just, it's humanity and it's, it's necessary. Yeah, very, very true. Very true. Let's continue on with responsibility. You wrote and were instrumental in the passage of legislation that lifted the cap of 100 charter schools, creating the Charter School Advisory Board. Then when serving on CSAB, you were responsible for digitizing the application process and pushing relentlessly against regulatory creep and overreach from all fronts. You were also the founding chair of the NC Alliance, which then morphed into the NC Charter School Association. That was a heavy lift. Do you consider this an example of responsibility? Actually, it, yes. It, it is often said that character is doing the right thing when no one is looking, which I agree with wholeheartedly. But that being said, 
Sometimes you have to do what is right when people are looking. I put my head on the chopping block countless times to do what was right and paved the path for a better existence in the charter school world. I used to say the people that benefit from what I'm doing will never know it. And the ones that are negatively impacted by it are doing everything they can to destroy me. Now, one of our former lobbyists told me that you know, people were afraid of me at Raleigh because I was there for a cause and not for a check. Uh, history is replete of stories of being targeted for doing the right thing. Uh, Winston Churchill often or was known to say that uh, you only catch flack when you're going over the target. Right. So, again, it's, it's a matter of doing the right thing when people aren't looking and also doing the right thing when people are looking because there are consequences for both. Very true. So let's move on to fairness. The literal definition of fairness is the quality or state of being fair, especially fair or impartial treatment, lack of favoritism towards one side or another. How do you live this out in your personal business and civic life? Yeah, growing up as a foreigner in another country uh, has given me a unique perspective. I remember an American classmate of mine at the International School in Manila just going off on the Philippines and its people. Now, mind you, I'd just gone through an experience where I was discriminated against and bullied. Yet my response was simple and, and I believe correct. I said, you're a guest in this country. If you don't like it, go home. Now, it's quite simple. Every individual needs to be treated fairly. Uh, and, uh, you know, they cannot be labeled, categorized, and put into a neat little package you can pass judgment upon them. So from the perspective of a leader in education, business, or public policy, you have to develop and implement structures whereby the same rules apply to everyone. And you're not rewarded based upon, and you are in fact rewarded upon your level of talent and outcomes. You know, what is fair for one must be fair for all. If not, you're, you're on a very slippery slope to a very bad place. Quite an amazing analogy you got there. So let's move on to empathy. Um, there's a pretty fine commercial out there with Shaquille O'Neal saying that it's hard to walk in someone else's shoes. That The imagery is pretty funny, but is it so? I, yeah, I, the commercial is funny because anything Shaquille O'Neal does is hysterical. I love that guy. It's great. But, uh, you know, people often confuse sympathy with empathy. Sympathy infers that there is something wrong or something sorrowful at play, but empathy is, is far broader in scope. You have to have an understanding of the circumstances others face, which gives you valuable perspective in interacting with them. May it be on an individual or, or working with a business. What is the relationship you have or you're striving for, the culture you're trying to preserve or create, or the objective? You have to have an understanding and appreciation and respect of where people are coming from to walk in their shoes, per se, to, to truly get it. But that's critical right. in, in any kind of structure where you understand what's going on so that you can act accordingly. Wow. So let's move on to trust with this. Now, you've had a wide range of civic, business, and personal experiences in varying industries and levels of influence. With such a very diverse background you have, you've had large groups of people putting faith in and relying upon your decisions and actions. In what role do you feel your trustworthiness 
has been most crucial? Well, I, I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to manage very large projects ranging from multi-billion dollar integrated resorts in Macau to helping, you know, a little small charter school like Norman turn around from the abyss. So regardless of the scope and scale, people have entrusted me with their confidence, which is an honor. So, you know, that being said, the most critical role I've been entrusted with is husband and father. Family is where people count on you the most and where you have the greatest opportunity for influence. I, I hope you recall what I said to you and your sister on several occasions. That right. It doesn't matter how much money you have, what kind of car you drive, how big your house is, your word, your worth is based on whether someone has faith in your word. So right. really all the rest is window dressing. But if people can't have faith in you and trust you, your value is nothing. All right. Um, so let's move on to Karen. Since its founding in 2009, the Seven Degrees of Change Foundation has been pivotal in the opening over 1,000 libraries in Southeast Asia, primarily in the Philippines. Twice you've visited the most densely populated place on the planet, the Tondo, where, full disclosure, I also visited once and read, in, read to the children in the community center. Share with us your thoughts on the importance of caring for others. You know, quote unquote, poverty in the United States is equivalent to middle class for billions of people in the developed world. Uh, I've spent time, worked with, broken bread with, and read to people of all ages that have no shoes, no food, and living in abject poverty and squalor. Yet I've never been scared of or felt threatened by these people who treated me with warmth and trust. They knew that the work we do is from the heart and done in a caring and loving way. Mm -hmm. No words are required. The actions and gestures speak for themselves. So it's a critical human function. Uh, you have to care for others. Yeah, I agree with you wholeheartedly. So finally, let's move on to citizenship. Going back to your early days, you have been involved in student body government, local, state, national boards, and political campaigns. How's this all play into your definition of citizenship? Citizen actually means to have duties, rights, and responsibilities. Uh, to me, that applies not only to your country, but to your family, school, company, city, state, whatever the case may be. You have a duty to support and be engaged in any group you're a part of. If things aren't on track, be engaged, work on it, find a way to be a phoenix and redirect things in a positive manner. It's not about what you get. It's about what you give. That's my rendition. Before we close, what are your thoughts on how we can bring character back into our culture? Quite simply, through living lives of good character, by exemplifying empathy, caring, fairness, trustworthiness, citizenship, respect, and responsibility in our words and our deeds. We can and will have an impact. This applies to all aspects of our lives, with all interactions, with those in our circle of influence. Some people have a very limited sphere of influence, while others have great, a great reach and great pull. Regardless of where you fall in the spectrum, you influence those around you. It doesn't require, you know, tights or a shield or a cape. It requires living a life of character. 
everyone in fact has the power everyone can be a phoenix so that's it, it starts at the individual level all right that's my father paul norcross dad thank you for joining us thank you for having me i appreciate it to learn more about the seven degrees of change foundation as well as the phoenix book series and curriculum visit us online at seven degrees of change Org. Thank you for listening. I'm Matthew J. Norcross, and always remember, everyone can be a phoenix.